Blog Talk Radio. Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. 6.30 p.m. every Monday. Politrix, Politrix, it's what you need to know. 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 Break it down, man, fucking fake news. Tell the impact of politics that affects you. Affects you with empire, she's fake, cause they're liars. Knowledge is key, we'll fall, we expire. Never for the time, the president is the unlive. Whatever Merck tell us might keep us alive. Cause what they're doing is some bullshit. It's what you need to know, these politics. Politics, politics, is what you need to know. Politics, politics, is what you need to know. Hours. 
and afterwards it was announced that the festival would be postponed and that the attendees would be returned to Miami as soon as possible. Reports emerged of mishandling of guest baggage, disaster relief tents with dirt floors, porta potties, inadequate and poor quality food, including uh, salad and cheese sandwiches made with uh, slices of processed cheese on wheat bread served in styrofoam containers. Theft and heavy-handed security. Uh, many attendees were reportedly stranded as flights to and from the island were canceled after the organizers postponed the event. Okay? Now, here's my thing, and here's the reason why I bring this up, right? I have to know, right, uh, what was it about events that made people go, yes, this is going to be the one, okay? Ja Rule hasn't had a hit album since 2003. Well, he was okay? the headliner, though. Huh? He was, hey, guys, he, um, he wasn't the headliner, though. No, 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 no. That's the thing, though. What has Ja Rule done since 2003? Made, like, I mean, he's trying to get his mobile on. He's trying to get his mobile on. At the end of the day, I think you, people you, watch for the celebrity. He probably has some pull. If he's charging too much, he must know what the fuck he's doing because if he basically Jedi mind fuck the the concert goers. He was like, Oh, you wanna spend forty thousand dollars? I got Put it you. like this though. Put it like this though. Ja Rule is not a celebrity. Ja Rule is someone that I've heard of. J Z is a celebrity. Bill Gates is a celebrity. Ja Rule is someone I've heard of. Okay? I'm not spending $12,000 on something put together by Ja Rule. Right? Now, my point in talking about... Now, my point in bringing up the fire Festival is this. I don't feel sorry for people who lost money on that because if you have an event put together by Ja Rule, you deserve to have your money taken. Right. Oh, absolutely. Donald, like, I thought it was Donald, hilarious. I still thought yeah. it was funny as fuck, but... <laughs> and and I, feel, I guess I could nobody got killed that I know of. But you figure it like this, right? Trump has been president for 10,000 days. Okay, it's 100 days, but it feels like 10,000 days, right? Now, this is these are Gallup polls going back uh, to JFK, right, of presidents after their first 100 days. So you have Obama at 65%, Bush Jr. at 62%, Clinton, 55%, Bush Sr., 56%, Reagan, 68%, Jimmy Carter, 63%, Nixon, 62%, JFK's approval rating after 100 days, 83%. Trump's, as of a couple of days before his 100th day, 39%. Okay. The only people who are sticking with Trump are his diehard fans. Everybody else has seen this guy for what he is. But my question is this. What has Trump done in his life, not even politics, in his life, that made people think, this is the guy that's going to be on my side. This is the guy who's going to get it done in Washington. Okay? You're talking about a former slumlord. Okay? You're talking about a serial pussy grabber. You're talking about a serial adulterer, okay? And you know who voted for him overwhelmingly? Evangelicals. So what was it about Trump? Now, you figure, okay, Ja Rule can never put anything together like this again. 
Trump could probably here's the thing. According to a Washington poll uh post uh, uh Washington Post poll, sorry. Um if Hillary ran against Trump right now, Hillary would still lose. That's the thing that's and, and the reason why is two it's twofold. Number one Trump's base is sticking with him no matter what. And number two, the Democrats and especially the progressives are just kind of just quietly leaving the building. So you figure like this, right? Out of Trump supporters, according to that poll, 96% of them would vote for Trump again, as opposed to only 85% of Hillary voters would vote for her again if the election were held today. How sad is that, right? How many votes have been turned on that? For uh, for Trump, ninety six percent of his voters would vote for him again if if the election were held today, and for Hillary voters, it's eighty five percent. Now, put it like this: Let me ask you a question, Odie. Out of Trump's accomplishments, right? I'm talking about positive accomplishments. What what comes to mind for you? Uh-huh. Take your time. I'm having a TV hard. show. I'm having a TV show. <laughs> no, I'm talking about as president. At first, I, honestly, at first, I thought the first one was going to be. No, I'm on the phone. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be the um the tax one, but I've just come to learn that that's not a good thing. So nothing. I really can't think of anything. It's, it's, it's not the lack of trying. I just asked the question last week, you know, just to give right. myself more credibility and not, like, appear to be a straight-up hater. I really was trying to find something, but I can't find anything. Well, it's kind of a trick question because there is nothing. There's nothing positive that he's done. But I was watching uh, Young Turks a couple of days ago, and they brought up an excellent point. When it comes to anything legislative, like signing bills and stuff like that, he's done nothing. Okay? He's, he's, he's put nothing. He's only undone if that counts as money. Well, and that's the thing. And Young Turks put together a video, and they talked about uh, what Trump has done. Now, as far as legislative victories, he has none. Okay? Obamacare 2.0 died, you know, twice. Died twice because, once again, they were going to try and bring it to a vote to rush it in there for its 100th day, and they didn't have the votes for it again, you know. So Young Turks put together a video, and I'm only going to go over the first couple of weeks but they chronicled Trump's first 100 days and all the horrible things he's done. So like I said, legislatively, he's done nothing. But as far as rolling back progress, he's actually done a lot. So you figure day one, he, uh, this is first day in office, he blocked a uh, home insurance rate cut that would have saved homeowners $446 a year. Now, I know some people are thinking, that's not a lot of money. Here's, here's my thing. Give me $446. No? Well, okay. That's a lot of money. Um, day four, he killed funding for groups that provide contraceptives to 27 million people around the world. Day five, he blocked new inspections for fuselage cracks in some planes. What? Who does that? Day six, he cut the entire senior manager of the U.S. State Department. For those of us who don't know what the State Department does, my, my dictionary term, State Department is a department of the federal executive branch 
responsible for making and conducting foreign policy. It's commonly called, of course, the State Department, and it's headed by Secretary of State. Now, who's our Secretary of State? Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. You know, they cracked, they cracked on him on, um, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and they said that when Jeff Sessions was asked to come to, to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, he said no, like in big letters, like no. And he said, surprisingly enough, that's his second favorite N-word. <laughs> so, um, also on day six, he, he allows dentists to dump five additional tons of mercury annually into the environment. Why do they use mercury in teeth when they know it's poisonous? I don't know if they use it. Not. Anyway, real quickly, day eight, travel ban. Day 10, military raid in Yemen that killed 29 civilians, including an eight-year-old girl. Day 14, began raising undocumented residents. One of them that they deported had a brain tumor. She was being treated for a brain tumor, and they deported her while she was getting treatment. Uh, Day 14, Trump blamed Iran for an attack on a U.S. Navy vessel, which was actually an attack by Yemen on a Saudi vessel. Yemen and Saudi Arabia are at war. That's just two weeks out of 100 days. You know, Trump says some goofy shit today about the Civil War. I didn't even bother. I, I was like, you know what, I can't. Because he says something stupid every day. So now it's just become the new normal. If he said something smart... That would be news. I'd do a whole half-hour program on Trump saying something smart. That's how rare it happens. Now it's just become, you know, par for the course from to say something stupid. And he, he figured he wouldn't learn from Spicy talking about the Holocaust. He had to bring up the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, that Washington Post poll. Even with all of Trump's horribleness, if he ran again against Hillary, he would uh, he would win. I agree with that. No, I definitely agree with that, man. I mean, at the end of the day, um, 45, you know, he's a part of that group that has privilege. You know, I mean, we mm-hmm. see it every day at work. You know, uh, a certain certain group, <laughs> ethnic group that's able to go ahead and do things and act certain ways in this uh, professional setting and not not really get reprimanded from it, you know. But if the shoe were on the other foot, of course, you know, you'll, you'll probably get let go and, of course, reprimanded. So it's, yeah. it's, it's that's what it boils down to. It's just privilege, you know. I mean, of course, it was vice versa if it was Obama. You know, Obama, of course, he, he probably wouldn't even be elected at all. <laughs> Pretty much. Somebody was, uh, what was it, Greg Giraldo was saying, like, where did he find Obama in a cave somewhere? Where did he find a politician who had no dirt on him? (laughs) (laughs) They had to to manufacture dirt and just make up stuff. Put it like this. When Bill O'Reilly got fired from Fox News, right, Bill O'Reilly, they gave him a $25 million severance package. Who gets fired and gets $25 million? And, of course, um, Hassan Minaj, during the correspondence dinner, he said that when Bill O'Reilly got that $25 million severance package, he said that's the only package he won't force a woman to touch. <laughs> wow. But um, it's insane. And you figure Trump is a serial uh, 
sexual assaulter, and he's president. Bill O'Reilly's a serial sexual assaulter, and he gets a $25 million severance package. Put it like this. When people, and, and I, I'll say this. Talking about race always makes me uncomfortable because I know so many people, you know, and I know that the people that I know are not like these other people. But you figure like this. Bill O'Reilly had a number one cable news show for 16 years. You're talking about a man who thinks that all black people are, are ill-educated and have tattoos on their foreheads. The most telling thing is when he, he, he said he went to uh, Sylvia's in Harlem with Al Sharpton and was so surprised that everybody was just sitting eating like normal people. Like he was, he, he said he expected to be like, I want some more ice cream, motherfucker. Like that's what he thought that it was going to be like, you know. And, you know, Daily Show is cracking. I'm like, what do you think they were going to be doing? Like just, you know, people just run up and just loot in the kitchen. You know, what did he think was going to happen if he went to Sylvia's? And he was just so surprised that they were just like normal, civilized people, even though most of the patrons in there were black. That man had the number one cable show, the cable news show, for 16 years. But one other thing to consider about that is that his, the average age of his audience, I think, is like 74 years old, and I'm not making that up. Like, his audience is like this, yeah. And, and when you hear that, that makes more sense, because I don't know any young people who watch Bill O'Reilly. I know a couple, but most people I know don't watch Bill O'Reilly. And he's, he's, he's so hard to watch. Oh, my God. I've tried, you know, it's for, like, research and stuff like that, and it's just really, really hard to watch. Like, I cannot watch this dude at all. But I will say this. Despite how bad uh, Trump is, the Democrats are going to get shellacked in 2018. We're going to lose more seats. I don't know why I'm saying we're not a Democrat anymore. I'm independent now. I'm a rat off that sinking ship. But do you figure it like this? The Democrats didn't learn their lesson. Only who did you vote for in the election? Uh-oh, did we lose Odie? What about you? Oh, my bad. I'm, oh, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting in and out. Sorry. What happened? That's, that's all right. Who did you vote for in the election? <laughs> Who did I vote for? I voted for Bernie during the primary. Um, and then what about, but I, and then what about, what about the election? I voted for Hillary. Okay. I what about you, Charles? Who'd you vote for? Uh, man, since we're being honest here, I did vote for Bernie during the primaries, but uh, mm-hmm. actual election, I went for uh, Jill Stein. I I actually um, I voted for none of the above. I voted for Bernie in the primaries, and then I voted for none of the above afterwards because I was just like, ah, you know. And the thing is, you know. No matter who you voted for, for Jill Stein, for, uh, you know, for whoever, right? The thing is, you know, you voted with your, you studied the landscape and you voted for the person who you felt would do the best job for you. And that's the most important thing. Right now, people aren't feeling the Democrats are doing that. They're not feeling like they're, they're going to be town halls. And you got someone like, like Diane Feinstein who's been a, Senator for like 20 years 
telling people, no, we can't do single payer health care. Really? We can so we can give a, a trillion dollar tax cut to the richest Americans, but we can't do single payer health care. We can't do uh, free public college. Come on, Diane, you're, you're you're fucking killing me here. And she's telling people this to their faces in town hall meetings, and of course, getting booed. And I guess she feels she's been doing this for a long time. I mean, Diane Feinstein is like seventy something years old. I guess he just figures, well, I'll just do this until I'm done. I'm like, well, you may be done a lot sooner than you think. You had uh, Claire, I think it was Claire McCaskill, who was literally begging not to be primaried because young people are mad. They're pissed. You know, they're at these town hall meetings, and it's not just the, uh, I'll say this. I do see a lot of these town halls in red states where these Republican senators are getting crushed, you know. Tom Cotton got schooled by a 12, like an 8-year-old girl to a massive question he couldn't even answer because he could, I guess he couldn't lie to an 8-year-old girl. <laughs> but, you know, you just have, to, you have people like Steve Mnuchin who basically just looks like a, like a Super Mario villain, and he's basically telling people that, Giving tax cuts to the rich is going to be great because we're all going to profit. That was basically Reaganomics. Reaganomics was basically, look, we're going to give tax cuts to the rich and all these business owners. What we're going to do is they're going to take that money and they're going to spread it out to the workers. Here's the thing about that. There is no mechanism in place that states that they have to do that. So when they're getting these massive tax cuts, they just take the money and they put it in their pockets or they put it in offshore accounts. And who who and who has to pay for all that all that tax revenue that's not coming in there? Us. In the 1700s, that got a lot of people their heads cut off. The only problem is uh, no one's going to get their head cut off until they cut off their Wi-Fi. When their Wi-Fi goes, yeah, someone may have to die. But as long as you know, as long as these rednecks and these uh, you know these hippies and all these other people, as long as they have their beer and their Wi-Fi and their cable TV and their air conditioning, they're not going to take the streets like that. I mean, there's plenty of marches out there, but I'm talking about to, like, surround these cats up and execute them. And I know I'm talking crazy, but you have to figure it like this. In the French Revolution, and it's not like France was like, like a bunch of barbarians, Right. They were civilized people, but when you push people to the brink, things like that can happen. And just because we're supposed to be a civilized nation, don't think it can't happen. If they push this tax cut through, a lot of people are going to suffer. If they push this health care thing through, a lot of people are going to suffer. If this health care thing goes through, I'm dead. You understand? Mm-hmm. And that's not hyperbole. Barely afford my medication now. Imagine me trying to afford my medication with no health care. You're looking at a dead man here. So, if I had a chance to drag one of these bastards out into the street and execute them, uh, I can't say I won't do it. <laughs> and it's wow. not just, you have people 
who are in worse shape than me, who are type 1 diabetics, right, who need insulin. And I was reading the case. There had a little girl. Um, she was like 10 years old. And her parents can't afford her medication because they don't have health care. So they literally have to, well, I'll put it like this. I, I'm going to back up a bit. They do have health care, but she's allergic to regular insulin. So she has to have a synthetic insulin that is not covered by the insurance. I have to back up on that, right? So it costs like hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month, which they can't afford. So they literally have to get the insulin for their kid on the black market. So they have to trade other medications to get the medication that they need to keep their daughter alive. Not just keep her healthy, keep her alive. You're, if you're type 1, if you don't have your insulin, you're dead. So just the fact that that happens in this country, in supposedly the richest country in the world, is ridiculous. And when you have people like Diane Feinstein standing up in front of people in the town hall and saying, no, we can't have universal health care. Who do you think they're going to vote for? The, the problem is not going to be people voting for Trump. The problem is going to be Democrats staying home. That's going to be the real problem. Because the same minority of Trump voters are still going to vote for Trump. And they're still going to vote for their cronies. You know, because all they care about is their Civil War monuments. You know, and, and, and shit like that. You know. But that's not all of them, because like I said, Ed, when they had those town halls in coal country, oh, they were getting torn to shreds out there. Talk about the Republicans. Because now you have, they promised to bring back coal jobs, which was ridiculous, because coal is never coming back, right? Not unless, not unless we jump to the time machine and go back to 1850. And then all these people who work these coal jobs all their lives, they're going to lose their pensions and they're going to lose their health care. <laughs> so it's just absolutely ridiculous. So when these politicians get up there and try and tell you that, yeah, these tax cuts will, will for the for the corporations would be uh, a good thing, people are looking at them like, the fuck are you talking about? That doesn't even make any sense. Is Reaganomics 2.0. Reaganomics is still killing us. Ronald Reagan is like a zombie. Like, he's, he's dead, but he's still killing us. <laughs> you know? It, it's absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? America is going through their fire festival right now. <laughs> you know, all these Trump fans born in, like, yeah, I'm going to go. You know, the Bahamas is sick ass. And then next thing you know, you're stuck in the FEMA tent eating uh, eating soggy salad and cheese, and cheese sandwiches. They didn't even have, like, Velveeta. It was just processed cheese slices. You know, that's America. We're eating our processed cheese slices right now. But you know what? They're going to have that festival next year. Those Trump fans are going to buy those tickets. Hmm. And, and they're going to show up, and they're going to be so hopeful, like, yes. We're going to get to see Blink-182, and they're going to be horribly disappointed, but that delusion just keeps them going. You know, Charles, you voting in the midterm elections? What was that? 
are you voting in the, the midterm elections? Uh, that's right. You're, you're in uh, you're in, you're in you're in the West now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to. Yeah, you were familiar with the candidates out here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, make sure you register to vote now. You know, I know, I know, it's not until end of next year, but better safe than sorry. Oh yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. I'm, I'm already being approached. You know, when I go to the supermarket, so. And I'm okay. definitely oh, up cool. on it. You know, oh, I got need to go ahead and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They saw there. Yeah, I went to the post office the other day, and yeah, I saw someone out there that was gathering people information. You know, promoting a certain candidate. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I, I will say one thing. I was disappointed. I thought that Tom Tillis and uh, Richard Burr were running in 2018. They're not. They had their elections in 2016, so they're not running again until 2020. But I will say one thing about the two of them that's kind of surprised me. I was reading up on their latest antics. But it turns out that they are both opposed to mandatory minimums. Mm. And they're actually, uh, they co-sponsored a bill to help get rid of mandatory minimums. I was reading about this, uh, what was it, Texas? I want to say it was Texas. I didn't, you know, I wasn't expecting to do this, so I didn't do my research on it. But uh, either Texas or Florida, I think it might actually be Florida, because they have a huge problem with fentanyl. You know, um, fentanyl is basically like heroin on steroids. You know, it's horribly <laughs> deadly. And they that's basically like if they were going to saw off your arm, that's what they would give you to block the pain. Like, that's how strong it is, you know. And they prescribe this stuff like candy, but now they're getting all this fentanyl coming in uh, illegally, you know. So they want to do these mandatory minimums to uh, try and curb the dealers. And it's not going to hurt the dealers. It's going to hurt the people who – it's going to hurt the users more than the dealers. That's going to be the thing, you know. Mandatory minimums do not work. And the thing you need is judgment. That's why we have judges. So a judge can look at a case. Let's just say you get caught with uh, – I'm just making this stuff up off the top of my head. Let's say you get caught uh, selling uh, – and I'm taking this from a case from years ago with LSD, right? And they put it on the back of, like, these big books of stamps. So, like, they, give, they sell it to kids, and you get the stamps, and then you get high, right? So if you get caught with, like uh, – a book of these things. Now, I mean, I don't mean like a little book you get in the supermarket. I mean like a book, like a, say like a package of printer paper type, right? So you are basically supposed to be jailed based on the weight of the drugs, right? So if you have like a, a kilo of cocaine, it's a kilo of cocaine. But in your case, they're not putting you in jail for the LSD itself. They're putting you on the weight of the paper, that it's on. So they're going to give you 25 years for that much LSD, even though it's not even that much LSD. It's basically just the paper it's on. That was actually a real case. They talked about that on HBO years ago. And they gave the dude 25 years for that. Now, this is supposed to be the part where a judge is supposed to say, look, you know, take the evidence, weigh it, literally and figuratively, and just say, yeah, you're still going to jail but you're not going to go to jail for 25 years because, you know, of a technicality, right? 
or mm. what uh, what they were talking about on Young Turks, and and I agree with this in principle. When they give those sentences, sometimes they give you a choice. So they'll say, if you get caught with drugs, right, and you're you're a habitual, you're an addict, right. So I'm a judge, right. So I'm I go to like um. So Charles, you have a choice. You can either do uh, five years in prison, or you can go to rehab. What would you take? To rehab. <laughs> exactly. Now, if you're a hardcore user, and I say, okay, you have a choice between uh, two weeks in prison or rehab, you know, and and we're talking about you're a hardcore user. Let's say you're addicted to uh, meth, you know, some really hardcore. Would it? Would that? I mean, and truthfully, just think about it as a, as a meth as a meth addict. Do you think you could do two weeks in jail and then just get out and just start smoking again, or do you think that? Two weeks is worth going to rehab for, especially if you're not ready to quit. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm taking rehab all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're a sensible guy, but if you, but the, the thing is, if you're a hardcore mess user, you might not choose. I, I'm gonna tell you a story about a friend of mine. I'm not gonna name him by name because I know right now. I mean, this brother's doing excellent for himself. He's a family man, you know. He's he's got his degree. He's doing fantastic. Matter of fact, I'm trying to get him on the show. But long oh, story okay. short. But long story short, uh, I loaned him a bike, right, like a mountain bike, and somebody stole it, and he found a kid that uh, that stole it, and he beat him up, and he took the bike back. So he called the oh, case. Wow. The judge mm-hmm. gave him an option. The judge said, you could either do uh, a week in the county, I don't remember if it was one week or two weeks, or pay like a thousand dollar fine or something like that. So he gave him a choice of one or the other. You know what he took? He took the county because he said, you know what? When I get out, I'll still have my money. That's that's mm. <laughs> you know. County jail is not like prison, but I mean, I've never been, so I don't know. I'm just going by word of mouth. But some people don't always take the, the option that you would think that they would take. So what they do with those drug addicts is that they say, listen, you know. They may they may do two weeks standing on their head, but five years that's a long time. <laughs> so yeah. they so they may come out and just say, "Listen, we give you five years. That may be a deterrent that'll force you into rehab." But now we're talking for this fentanyl stuff. Now we're talking like twenty years, and there is no choice for rehab. It's you get caught, you're gonna do twenty years. Mm. You know. It feeds into that whole private prison thing. Put it like this. I talked about this on the show last week. You had these cats in, uh, I want to say it was either Alabama or Mississippi. And there was an article, and I know they were trying to tug at your heartstrings that these prison guards were losing their jobs. But the thing is, because they're cracking down, well, not cracking down, that's the that's an incorrect term, because it softens their stance on drugs like marijuana. That's an easy way to get people into jail, because a lot of people smoke marijuana, right? So you get caught with a couple of dime bags. I, you know, I, I grew up in a small town on Long Island. You know, we have local cops, like cops who live in the town. So you get caught with a couple of dime bags of marijuana. The cops will just, and this is from what people told me, they said they'll just take your weed and they'll dump it in the street and they step on it and they say, get out of here, kids, go home. It's school night. Do your homework, mm. right? But 
you get caught with Nassau County cops or New York City cops with a couple of dime bags of weed, they're going to put you in jail because it's illegal yeah, in New man. York. So yeah, it's, you know, yeah. it, exactly, and it's their way to get you into the system because those private prisons make money with prisoners. You know, they had they they spoofed that even they even spoofed on The Simpsons. They made a, a concert hall, and then they find out no one in the town like opera music. So <laughs> Mr. Burns bought the opera hall and turned it into a prison, a for-profit prison. And uh, they were making up goofy reasons to arrest people so they could put them in a prison because they need prisoners to make money. There you go. Because if they don't have a certain number of prisoners, they lose a portion of their funding. You know, so the article I read on that, it was, they were trying to tug at your heartstrings, but at the same time, they were letting people know. It's kind of like I tell people, you know, I, I work in insurance, right? And somebody had complained about late fees, right? And I told them, if nobody ever paid late fees ever again, we would still make money. Because our business model is not based on late fees. Late fees are a deterrent to get people to pay on time. But you have someone like banks, right, like Bank of America and stuff like that. They make money off those fees. Those fees are part of their business model. This is true. So they do everything in their power to, you know, get you to incur those fees. Or or nickel and dime you into doing seeds. Like I have I have a few accounts with Bank of America. So if you transfer money more than uh, and they say it's some sort of law. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look it up yet. But if you transfer money uh, in between accounts a certain number of times, they charge you a fee. It takes me it takes me all of ten seconds to transfer money from one account to another. So it's not like I have to go to the bank and mess with a teller. You know, I just tap, tap, tap it all. You know, I take money from my savings, put it in my checking. But they do things because those fees are part of their structure. And they have to get people to incur those fees to make money. Private prisons are just that way. They will do whatever it takes to get you in those prisons or to make sure you stay there because they need that funding. And now that uh, like Jeff Sessions, all of a sudden he's becoming, uh, you know, he's he wants to crack down on marijuana. It has nothing to do with uh, common decency and all that other stuff. It's basically marijuana was a great way to get people to funnel people into prisons. I mean, it's legal, recreationally legal in a few states, and so and even some other southern states. While it's not legal recreationally, it's legal uh, for medicinal uses. There was a story I read a couple of years ago about a single father and his kid. His kid had horrible seizures, and no medicine they found worked. And his seizures were so bad, like if he had the big one, he could die, right? The only medicine that worked was uh, cannabis oil. Right, but because in his state, uh, even uh, medicinal marijuana was illegal, he had to actually move to another state 
so his son could get treatment for his seizures. You know, I talked about this last week, but uh, basically marijuana becoming a Schedule One drug was basically, there was a great segment. Uh, there's a show called Adam Ruins Every Day. I mentioned this last week. They have a great segment on how marijuana became a Schedule One drug. You know, how it got lumped in with uh, heroin and uh, cocaine and all this other stuff. You know, so you could probably pull it up. I mean, it's on their site, and you could probably pull it up on YouTube, but watch it when you get a chance. But, um, yeah, it's it's a great way to get people on there and, uh, you know, fill those prisons up. But uh, we are going to uh, get ready to wrap up. So, uh, oh, are you still there? I know you're popping in and out. Oh, I thought I heard you. So, what about you, Charles? What are your What are your final thoughts? Oh, man. Um, I think you you put in too much power behind the celebrity status. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to like uh, Ja Rule, because would you consider Stevie J to be a celebrity? No. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't be a celebrity. <laughs> 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 this dude they made a hit record in like 15 years, and I'm going to go to his festival? No. I wouldn't even go to his restaurant uh, festival. But, um, I mean, the, he has shows. He has television shows. Uh, I don't know what, else, what other things that he's, you know, he's, he's, he has he his hand into him, but... Did he have he his own cartoon or he didn't make that? He's on what? Did he have his own cartoon? Ja Rule? I hope not. His own part time. Uh, his, his own cartoon. Oh, yeah. oh, oh no. I, don't I, I feel like yeah. I remember that. I might be remembering that it wrong, happen? but <laughs> I feel like I remember that. Like that was a yeah. thing. But uh Odie, what are your what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. I say, don't be so hard on Ja Rule. Let him <laughs> make up for you with the free VIP pass next year. And as as for 45, I'm going to keep looking for the good, and hopefully next week I'll, I would have found one thing. Right. Uh, I'll never be my, converted my, to a fan, but I'm just hoping yeah. I can at least find one thing I can do about that. I mean, my final thought is don't be... Uh, they oh they used to say uh, for the Romans and I think Farid Zakari had mentioned this. He said um, if you want to placate the people, give them bread and circus. And so far, all we're getting is a circus. Every time Donald Trump says something stupid, keep your eyes open because that means that he's probably passing some bill that's going to hurt Americans even more. So. Next time.
I'm going like to put some Migos uh, ad-libs on the top of the music. They got me now. They got me now. 